This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. In Luke chapter 11 and Matthew chapter 6, we see the origins and history of what we call the Lord's Prayer. And of course, it's called that specifically because it was the direct instruction of Jesus himself to his disciples about how they should pray. I wonder, when is the last time you actually heard somebody pray that way? Or when is the last time you prayed that way? Maybe on a special occasion or communion or at a funeral. But as a rule, prayer, like so many things, has seemed to evolve a great deal since Jesus taught his disciples to pray this way. And prayer seems to mean different things to different people. So there is not just one specific way to do it. But I think we all would agree that a very simple definition of prayer is just communion or communication with God. When I actually started thinking about it that way, it kind of changed the way that I did it, the way that I pray. Now, the Lord's Prayer certainly covers all of the critical areas of life, and this is not a, a breakdown of that whole thing. Several great books have been written on that. But it does acknowledge the holiness of God. It focuses attention on his kingdom and the fulfillment of his will. It requests the necessary provision for our daily life and seeks forgiveness for our sins, which create barriers between us and God. And it also commits to forgiveness of others, which breaks down the barriers between us and each other on earth. It ends with a plea for protection and deliverance and declares his kingdom, power, and glory. And all of that makes you wonder, what else is there even to talk about? (laughs) There's certainly the list of all the things that we want and the other things that we are sure we need. And to be clear, the Bible does talk about many different types of prayer. There's adoration, which is a form of our worship and acknowledging who he is. There's thanksgiving, which speaks for itself, right? And if you truly understand and know that everything you have and everything that you gain or achieve comes from him, then thanksgiving is an ongoing and very natural thing. Confession, which deals more with the honest acknowledgement of our sins, failures, and shortcomings. Not for the purpose of becoming like a fortress or a prison that we live in and dwell in, but for the purpose of releasing them to God. And that means agreeing with him that they are not in line with his heart and his desire and then renouncing those things, repenting for them and breaking all agreement we've made, whether knowingly or unknowingly. That is the kind of confession that brings freedom for us and glory for him. And then, of course, petition and supplication, which is the place that we tend to stay the most. Right. This is the place of making our request known to him for our wants, needs, and desires. And there's nothing wrong with this type of prayer. There's just so much more to it. And then, of course, intercession, which deals more with asking on behalf 
of another, whatever that request may be, as it aligns with the will of God. Now, I could easily see someone hearing this and making a list to be sure that they add or include all the things that should be in their prayers every day. And that's certainly okay to do. But if it's a conversation, the real question is, when does he get to speak? Honestly, is that even on our mind or the reason why we do it? I heard this guy in the UK who's a pastor tell a story about a conversation he had with his barber, who happens to be a Muslim. And somehow they started talking about the subject of prayer. And the guy talked about how he prayed, I think it was like five times a day. And he had done that for years, like from the time of his youth. And this pastor was feeling like uber convicted because he wasn't praying anywhere near that much. And he said to the guy, I can't imagine what kind of things you hear from God day in and day out with that much focus and attention on prayer. And the barber was completely confused. He said, I've never heard from God. That has never been an expectation or even the reason why I do it. Which sounds crazy. But something to think about. Now, of course, this is an entirely different religion who thinks an entirely different thing about the God that they serve. And no, it is not the same God. No, it is not true that there is only one God and we just call him different names. No, just no. The first thing God said to Israel in Exodus 22 as he was forming them as a nation was, I am the Lord your God, and you shall have no other gods before me. So if God himself made it clear that there were others, why can we not just acknowledge that for ourselves? Anyway, let me stop that rant. The God that we serve is a God of relationship. He has called himself Father, and we, his sons and daughters. And yet, when we talk to God, it can actually look more like talking at him. When do we stop to listen or even consider what he may have to say? Now, I know that there are some people, many people, who believe that God does not speak to people today in any way outside of the Bible. There are people who believe that everything that God had to say or will ever have to say is written down already. And that's fine if that's where you are. And if that, that is a limiting way of looking at relationship with him, but that's fine. Because there is a fact that God speaks in many ways. And in this ongoing communion we have with him that we call prayer, do we ever actually do it? with the expectation that he will speak to us or answer us in return. Now, I know people personally and have people in my life who I only hear from when they are in crisis, when they want something, when they need something, or when they need to vent. That's the only time I hear from them. It is a very limited and small circle of people who call me or visit me just because they want to spend time just because they want to hang out. Very small number of people like that in my life. Most of the people, there's always a need when I hear from them or when I see them. And I wonder how many of us do that same thing with God. 
I have people in my life that can call me and talk to me literally nonstop for 30 minutes to an hour and never give me one opportunity to speak or get one word in. I'm talking about I can cook dinner. I can go to the bathroom, go outside, get the mail, all of that. And they will never even notice that I'm not on the phone. How many of our prayers are like that when we're talking to God? Jesus didn't just teach the disciples how to pray, but he demonstrated what prayer was like for him. In the Gospels, there are a number of places that talk about him praying, how he stepped away to a lonely place by himself, away from the crowds, sometimes early in the morning, sometimes all night long. Sometimes the disciples were with him, and other times he just took a small few, like on the Mount of Transfiguration. He prayed before he selected disciples, and he was actually praying when they were out in the boat in distress, and then he came down and walked on the water to them. And then, of course, John 17, which is probably one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, because there is recorded the prayer that Jesus prayed for us. So in 20, no, in 2004, these dates and times, I'm telling you. My mother died in 2004. She went to sleep and never woke up in this realm. And as crazy as it may sound, I was very much at peace with it. I had asked God to do it that way for her and he did it. So I was good. Even when I got the news, I was good. Now, that does not mean that I did not feel any sense of sadness or loss. It just means that I had peace. And there was no suffering. There was no illness. There was just transition. To me, dying like that is a dream come true. But a few months later, I had this crashing epiphany and reality hit me. Because if there was one thing that I was absolutely sure of, it was that my mother was always praying for me. And on that day, I felt this acute awareness that no one was praying for me. And then I realized that wasn't true at all. It blows my mind that thousands of years before I was even born, Jesus prayed for me and he still prays for me now. In fact, Hebrew says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. I wonder, have you ever asked or even wondered what he is praying for you today? Today, I just want to challenge the way you think about prayer. Yes, we have needs and wants. But the Lord is not unsure about what we really need. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 6 not to spend so much time vainly repeating the same things over and over because the Father knows exactly what we need before we even ask. We have to learn to accept that our time frames are rarely the same as his because he just views time differently than we do. And he may also answer the prayers that we speak in ways that we never expected. We are just instructed to ask, seek, knock, and believe. You can't leave out that part in James 1 that says, if you ask anything and don't believe, you should never even think you'll get it. And for you Bible scholars out there who have looked deeply into the whole ask, seek, and knock thing that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 7, you know that what it actually means is ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. And I remember a time I'm thinking in my heart, I just don't understand why all that is necessary. 
it, it sounds to me almost like you're telling me I have to beg. And I don't understand why. If I'm supposed to look at God as father, why should I have to beg for anything? Now, I'm not saying that I should always get every single thing that I want or even ask him for. Not everything we want and not everything we ask for is even something we should have. But then the Lord showed me clearly it's not about begging at all. It's about never stopping. So check this out. Ask and never stop asking. Seek and never stop seeking. Knock and never stop knocking. How many people do you know who have turned away from God because they asked for something and he did not do as they asked, when they asked, or how they asked? Maybe you've done that yourself. I don't know. But I just want you to take another look at prayer and specifically take a look at the way you pray. Would you want somebody you know and love to talk to you the way you talk to him? Have you even taken the time to get away secretly just to spend time with him? Have you ever even asked him what he was praying for about you or what was on his heart? Relationship with God should be more than just a catchy, churchy thing that we say. It should look like something. And ongoing communication with him is a big part of that. And that is two-way communication, family. However he may wish to speak back to us. Now, I will admit, quieting yourself down is the biggest and hardest part. But I'm telling you, it is so worth it. And the coolest thing is, when you begin to consistently make a practice of waiting on him to speak, you never know what kind of things he'll share with you. He may even tell you or show you how he plans to live through you boldly this day out loud.